0: Campbell and this is Simply Sad. Simply Sad is the place we come together to talk about the simple things we can do to live well, do good, and be happy. And we might just change the world along the way or at least have fun trying. Are you ready? Let's go! Um, welcome to Simply Said. This is Polly Campbell, and I want to tell you how I started my day. You know how much I love my morning ritual—the the cup of coffee on the couch, the meditation, the morning pages—and I had finished that this morning. And I got up from the corner of the couch where I do my meditation. I had a half cup of coffee in my hand, and something happened. I tripped over our area rug. I tripped over my own feet, my slippers. I don't know. But I went from standing to airborne (laughs) in a matter of a couple of seconds. And I was full-on Superman flying through the area. (laughs) If you've ever had an experience like that, it really was. I was kind of in slow motion flying. The coffee cup flew out of my head. Um, I hit hard on my knees and and my hip bones, and my, knocked my forehead against the wall, and I was stunned. You know, I'm I'm going from standing to laying on the ground, and uh, full out with coffee all over me, and all over the walls, and all over the rug, and on the refrigerator eight feet away. And it was uh, quite a moment. And yet it was so interesting because I laid there on that rug, and I had a whole bunch of feelings. I had pain. It hurt. I had confusion, like how did I end up here? There was a lot of quiet. It was just me alone in the house. Then I was angry because I wasted a good cup of coffee and I had a mess all over the place. But instead of getting up and moving into the day with all those feelings, I just became very curious about it, and I I stayed there. I laid on the ground for a minute and became very mindful. I, I noticed the entire experience, all my thoughts and feelings, how my body felt, what I was thinking, and I just became an observer. Instead of getting upset, I noticed the emotions that I was having and moved through them. Instead of adding stress to the situation by overreacting, I was able to relax into it. And then I even started laughing about it. I mean, this was a big mess I had to clean up. That kind of mindfulness, that kind of practical response to a moment in our day is a skill that I really began cultivating about 14 or 15 years ago, about the time I met today's guest. My friend uh, Donald Altman is here on the show today. He's a psychotherapist, an award-winning writer, an international work shop trainer a former buddhist monk and the past vice president of the center for mindful eating and donald really makes this stuff practical his his mission is to bring these timeless values and practices like mindfulness into modern life and and teach us how to do this so that we can be less reactive and more responsive and more engaged in our lives he's the author of 15 books Many of them are award-winning and his newest book reflect awaken to the wisdom of the here and now is beautiful. I, I have a copy of it, pick it up. It's a a beautiful and thoughtful read and it will uh, really elevate how you think about your life. Donald, thanks for being here.
1: Well, hi Polly. And it's a wonder, wonderful to be here with you and I've admired the work that you've done and, uh, And just how authentic and real you are and the story you told really, really connected with me, the story of what happened this morning. And it brought me back to a time when actually when I uh, was in the monastery and had brought um, a big hot pot, steaming hot pot of tea over to the um, to this little table. It was in the afternoon. So in the afternoon, the monks would just have tea or water. and and when I sat down, it was an old, creaky old table, and as I sat down to have my tea, I put some weight on the table with my hand, and the, and the whole table collapsed, and I fell, and the hot tea splashed all over me, <laughs> and I had a lot of the same feelings you had, and then a monk came running in, and he saw me, and he just burst into laughter, Oh. I was on pain with the hot tea on me. And then I started to laugh. <laughs> and laughter, and, and, and of course, is a wonderful way to discharge some of those negative feelings. But I, I loved how you were able to just uh, sit and be with what was happening. Yeah, that's a beautiful example of how to um, shift our, our inner emotions and feelings and to, and observe them closely.
0: And and you know me, you've known me for a long time. We've worked together in, in different ways. And I'm not always able to do that, Donald. I mean, I'm definitely better. You know, when we first met and we started talking about these things, you told me you will become more skillful, but it truly is a practice. And that's really what I found. I mean, 15 years or, or more of really trying to pay attention and, and still it, it doesn't always happen. How how do you describe this kind of mindfulness practice? And and how do people go from maybe just learning about it and just starting this to, to really bringing into their day when, when the mishaps occur or they're not feeling as engaged as they want to be?
1: Sure. And I, and I think one of the you're, you're really hitting upon one of the benefits of this practice and that it is a practice. And I really feel that it's cumulative. So the work that you do um, really kind of adds up over time. Even if you're doing it just for a few minutes a day, and that's – what I believe is that even if you have a few uh, grains of mindfulness today, you know, a few moments of awareness, just being with this breath and just regulating yourself and and, and come back to this moment that that is, is going to be cumulative. So when you um, are in a reactive state, maybe that reactive state will happen a little for a little less period of time. And I've found uh, my mind still gets reactive. And sometimes I kind of laugh. I'll notice it a lot more easily. And when I see what it's doing, sometimes I'll laugh like you did. And I'll say, oh, really? So if this is that big a deal, <laughs> we don't need to grab onto those thoughts or take them as the, uh, you know, factual. And what I find so interesting is that in the course of a day, each of us has about 20 to maybe 30,000 thoughts a day. Now, how many of those thoughts tell you something really profound about who you are? <laughs> right? <laughs> how many of those thoughts are even in the ballpark of being accurate or true? Really? And so uh we can understand that many of our thoughts are just maybe reactive thoughts, conditioned thoughts, habitual thoughts, or random thoughts. And even there's research that shows that our minds will randomly have scary or distressing thoughts. And if we grab onto those, of course, or identify with those, that can affect us in a, in a powerful way, in a negative way, perhaps. And so this practice of allowing ourselves just to observe, get curious, like you said, about those thoughts can really be a game changer in how we can be more effective each day in our life and have a greater sense of peace right? If you're at war with your mind, imagine having a year at war all the time. And when I was younger, I really had a uh, quite a war going on. And over time, I've created a sense of peace with my mind, with my inner being. And if we have peace inside, we can bring that peace outward. If you're at war inside, think about how that might affect your relationships, for example, with others. So If we're at peace inside, we don't have to project, we don't have to um, bring our stresses out or, you know, kick the dog, so to speak. (laughs) Um, And uh, and so I see this as a wonderful way also to build relationships. So it's not just our relationship with ourselves, but then that also is our relationship with others.
0: When you say we have 30,000 thoughts a day. I mean, that really puts it in perspective. Like, right, I guarantee you, I have about three of you that are worthwhile. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I attach to probably a 1,000 <laughs> that I'm aware of. And I'm, that puts it in such perspective. We don't need to have all that baloney running through our head. Mindfulness, the noticing of those thoughts. Then how do you describe this to people?
1: Mindfulness is actually a number of different things. As I use it with people and, and with myself. It, it, For one, it is noticing uh, the arising of thoughts, of, uh, of uh, emotions, of sensations in the body, right? So we can see how these things arise and fall away, how they're temporary, right? Even emotions aren't permanent. And... And, and and so noticing the temporary nature of these is part of mindfulness. And that helps us not have to grab on to, to those thoughts or get too attached to them. And it's also about, mindfulness is also about, in the bigger picture, about um, noticing suffering. And I think this is one of the key elements that a mindfulness practice helps us learn, and it's not always taught this way, but if you go back to the traditional mindfulness, it is about really recognizing um, how how do we create suffering, uh, and in our mind, for example, you just notice if I grab on to that thought or if I mind read, if I think, oh, this person must be thinking this, but I have no evidence for that, that can negatively impact me, so, um, and that's suffering, isn't it? Uh, Sometimes some of our desires or our cravings, even subtle things can create sufferings, Uh, a subtle dissatisfaction with the way things are in your life in this moment. It's a form of suffering instead of opening, accepting, well, this is how it is right now. And we spend a lot of our time rejecting the way things are, wanting them to be different or comparing ourselves to others. Those are all forms of suffering. So once we start to recognize the suffering, then we can overcome it. And then we can have, we can notice it and we can say, hey, that's okay. And we can start to develop positive emotions and even sympathy, something called sympathy of joy, which in the Buddhist tradition, mudita, which means uh, that instead of comparing yourself to others, like people go on Facebook and they, oh, my goodness, they're taking this vacation. They got this wonderful life, right? (laughs) Who knows? I mean, that's just one snapshot that they're giving you. Even seeing that, you could say, oh, how wonderful. I hope they are enjoying that trip. I hope that, you know, having sympathy for, of joy.
0: I love that. Sympathy of joy.
1: Yeah. And, and so we can start to develop those positive things in our life and start to look for those little in-between moments that are often, uh, you know, we get a little focused uh, easily on where we want to go <laughs> and thinking about the outcome of things. I want to get that grade in school or I want to get, um, you know, I want this get this car, or I want to get this relationship, we're so outward focused, goal oriented in a way, and there's nothing wrong with the goal, but that it can sometimes keep us from noticing the journey to getting to the goal and enjoying those little, what I call the in-between moments, and being faithful to this moment, faithful to this breath, faithful to whatever is happening to you right now, uh, and really just appreciate and savoring what is happening in the moment.
0: I think that's huge, I think,, um, we forget to notice and and yeah. then in the no, in in the lack of noticing, we don't always even recognize when we've achieved our goal or when we have what we've been working for, or we have the the good things. you know, one thing that comes to mind is when things are going on that are difficult. Um, it's really easy to start what ifing our life away? I wish this wasn't happening. I hate this. I don't want and and yet, in the very same moment, you can hold the goodness too. there there can be both of it. There can be mm-hmm. grief and there can be love. Uh, and there can be, you know joy and there can be confusion. And I think when I am you know my best self and I'm able to to step back and and really notice what's going on, I find I. I'm not filled with worry or anxiety because I'm just more curious than I'm engaged in my life in a different way rather than sitting in the anxiety. It's more like, huh, I just, Flew across the room and landed on the rug. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> you know? Or how am I going to clean up this coffee instead of being, oh, I can't believe I did that. I wish that hadn't happened. There was a moment where you can step back. And, and I mean this from the big issues. Certainly falling and spilling coffee is not a big issue. But in grief or in job loss or in divorce or whatever it is, I think we can find those moments where we step back and say, huh, well, this is what's going on. And it doesn't have to be weighted more than that. It can just be a noticing that, Yes, this is, I feel sad about this. I feel sad here. Oh, I also have joy here. Oh, I also have beautiful flowers. Yeah. Oh, I also have work.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful when we can see that life gives us a full menu of items. So it's not only the desserts on mm-hmm. the on menu, right? <laughs> or it's not always that, um, maybe uh, that other that entree or whatever it's, but it's a full menu. It's the joy. It's the sadness, right? It's it's all of it. And if you're just eating one, stay with that metaphor, I guess, if you're just having one meal with one kind of thing all the time or always wanting that one particular meal, you're missing out on the whole menu. And we we do get a full menu. And in some ways, you can also think of this as the uh, there's a silver lining to everything. Mm-hmm. And I call it silver lining gratitude. So if you had Love something... You know uh, uh, you 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 know you, 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 you tripped or what you fell and spilled this coffee and if you only see that <laughs> in you know as uh, that's a horrible thing I wish it never happened gosh you know and and beat yourself up on it um, but yet the silver lining was it brought to you with mindfulness you get to see the bigger picture and you're not stuck in the limited ego centric point of view and that's One of the things I think is powerful here is that when you shift out of that small I, me, my mind perspective, you know, it's all about me, (laughs) a bigger way, it opens your world up and your mind becomes less tight, constricted and more spacious and open. And you can take in the good things that are there, too. You can take in an understanding of, oh, you know, what have I learned from this? How can I accept what's happening here in a new way? No matter what happens to us in life, our attitude in the face of that is up to us. And that is one of the beautiful elements of a mindfulness practice.
0: In your new book, Reflect, which I love, it's it's beautiful, but I also like the structure of it because I've found that um, I can pick it up and really use it to guide me wherever I'm in the moment. It, you know, I can pick up a page and, and go forward from that. But one thing that I noticed about this book that's different than, than some of your other work is that it challenges us to become mindful, but then take that to another place. And I'm going to read um, a passage that I opened today, which I think is really interesting. It kind of uh, demonstrates what I'm talking about. Also, um, listeners, I want to use this as a simply nifty segment. You know, each week I pick something that has helped elevate my life, uh, made it better, a practice or a book or music, something that I really enjoy. And I think you should pick up Donald's new book, called Reflect, Awaken to the Wisdom of the Here and Now. I think it's simply nifty, and I think you'll find it useful, too, because it helps has helped me to think about my day, not my life, not five years from now, but my moment in a different way that has really elevated my experience. So here's, Donald, before I called you, here's what I opened, which I thought was really interesting. All that you fret over now will seem a lot less important in 5,000 years. <laughs> Does taking it all seriously make you feel better? I'm I'm skipping around a little bit, you know, and and okay, all those things that we do care about, do the things you must do, then laugh. You may as well because it's better than crying. I thought that's just what I needed to hear today because I've been bumped around and frustrated with that. But it's interesting to me that um, then you say reflect on that is reflection the same as mindfulness are we are we taking that to a new level when you say contemplate reflect think this think about this
1: well it's a it, it is mindfulness and it's just a way when i say reflect on this which really ends most of the readings here to pause and to pause and to go inward and reflect inwardly on that on that reading or on that meditation and uh, and go more deeply And in the process of pausing and going more deeply, and I have some uh, three questions that actually each question is targeted. So it's almost like a a journal book. Also, people can write or journal on the opposite page of the reading. But each of those questions or prompts are, are designed to take you more deeply and to get you to see things in a fresh way. And so I think uh, I, li- I like what you did. And I, that's what I actually suggest. People just open the book up to anywhere. And, and I opened up a copy before our talk today. And, I, and could I read what I...
0: Yes, that'd be great.
1: And it's the most important person in your life is whoever is with you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel very connected with you being here with you and, and also talking about our, our friendship and what we've shared And that means a lot to me. It says here, you can pretend, yes, you can pretend that you own or purchase the future or that this moment is unimportant, or you can be fully available, ready to help the one who is right before you through the gift of understanding, support, and compassionate presence. Is this not true bliss? Sometimes we forget just how precious this moment is and how unique that person in front of us is. So what I, would like your readers or you like your uh, listeners to think about is that when you look at somebody and you if you had an X-ray vision and you could look through their eyes and see the inside of that person's brain, what you would see are over a hundred billion neurons, and each neuron connects with between a thousand to fifty thousand other neurons, and that's actually more connections than there are uh, known stars in the universe. So that person that you're meeting with is the most unique human being in the entire universe. How amazing, isn't it, that we could sit or just be with that person. Now, that person may be a difficult person in your life, but they're still, as we all are, the most unique person in the universe. And if you were able to view them uh, in that way, that might shift how you were experiencing them, even that difficult person. That's funny when I've done workshops, Polly, and I'll say, so who out here has a difficult person in your life? Every hand goes up, (laughs) but we may learn a lot from those difficult persons, just maybe more sometimes than we would from those people who are not difficult.
0: I, I love that. Let's use that for the Simply Start segment. Each episode, we have a way that people can begin their own practice, and I think when you go out into the world today and you're connecting with the teller at the bank or the checker at the grocery store or your child's teacher or your child or your partner, take a minute and look at them and be present with them and notice what a marvel they are and how unique and how they've come into your life. Donald, uh, you know, our our paths have crossed and crazy times. I felt I feel so fortunate to have met you when I did. And um And that means a great deal to me too. So I appreciate you being here, but do that today. Simply start, go into the world and connect with what is right in front of you and notice how unique and special this moment is with the people you're with, with the nature, the natural beauty you're with, with yourself. And uh, Donald, thank you for being here. We're gonna wrap it up. I want you all to check out Reflect, awaken the wisdom of the here and now. That's Donald's book, and it is a worth a read and worth journaling about. It's it's a beautiful book. You can sign up um, for more info from Donald. Let me. I'm looking for your Facebook. It's Facebook.com/slash/mindfulness. M N D F U L N E S S. That's his community page and the Mindful Living newsletter at mindfulpractices.com. Did I get all that?
1: That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anything for the road, Donald? Anything you can clue us into that maybe we can think about as we get out of here?
1: I would just say uh, find one thing, uh, even just one thing you could be grateful for today, or one thing that brings you a sense of delight. And I love the idea of delight because that means how are we finding joy in the moment? And I believe that we're here to find joy. And so allow yourself to enter that world of joy and delight, one thing that makes you smile or makes you laugh today.
0: Loved, I love that word, too, delight. I have been working on emotion management and learning about emotion regulation, and I have this emotion wheel so I can strengthen my emotional vocabulary. Yeah. It's one of my favorite words. I forget <laughs> to be in delight, you know? And, and that's it for today. Go forward. Look for the delight in your life. Donald, it's an honor to have you here as my first guest and my friend. Thank you for the work you're doing, and thanks for being here with me.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Paul. It's an honor to be here with you today.
0: And that's it. This has made my life better. Go forward, look for the delight in your life, and be well. This is Polly Campbell and Simply Said. Now go, live well, do good, and be happy.
1: Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, I got this- my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels
0: again with a big
1: hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize... Athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time. On need, Spotify, John. Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric ass.